Hello, everyone. Welcome to Start Small, Think Big, a podcast that celebrates social innovators and business leaders who do small things that have a big impact in our community. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Marley Lewington. I'm the founder of Strategic Kindness, a creative studio focused on helping nonprofits, social enterprises, and businesses tell their story so they can do more of the good work they do best. I would like to introduce today's guest, John Ruby, the owner of Carlington Kombucha. We'll be talking about everything kombucha, addiction and recovery, and how together we kombucha the gap in our community. Thanks, John, for coming on the show. I'm really glad to have you here. I know we've been chatting before, the mics went live, but uh, I wanted to get going by asking you a few questions, maybe about, uh, you know, why kombucha? Why, what, you know, I love your business and I love what you stand for, but what made you choose kombucha? as your business? The only time I ever had kombucha was, it was like four years ago, and I was going over to my friend's house, my co-founder, right. um, and I was going to smoke a cigar. And okay. I don't drink. I'm, uh, I've been sober since 2016 and uh, struggled with addiction for 15 years of my life. And uh, so late night activity, Coca-Cola, sugar, yep. caffeine. Yep. I don't drink alcohol. Coffee sucks at night. And yes, so she fair. actually said, look what I made for you. And so she poured me this glass of weird stuff with this floating stuff in it. And, oh, the uh, SCOBY. This guy. There was, she was like doing it as a home brewer on a, like literally on her countertop. And oh, so okay. there was yeah. a little <laughs> floating stuff in it that could have, should have been. And so, it, but when I drank it, it was like the crispest, cleanest drink that I've ever had. And it was refreshing and palate cleansing. And it was kind of like alcohol, um, but it was healthy. So that was the first time I had it probably four years ago. Right. Um, and then um, the reason that we brewed kombucha today, was it's really just the medium of sharing our message. Right. And so uh, starting a social enterprise, and trying to figure out what we would do as a social enterprise. There's a couple of ways you can go as a business. Um, you could do service. So like right. you could have a landscaping company or you could do a repair shop of some sort or rental right. stuff or um, kind of like Causeway. Kind of, yeah, like a Causeway in our city. They, um, yeah, they, they have huge social impact in, in workforce. Mm-hmm. And so they have different businesses. Uh, so we decided to go into like a product. So that's kind of what I wanted to do is let's design a product or make a product to be a medium for what we want to do a, as a social in, in impact. And so I thought like, let's see if we can brew kombucha because <laughs> she, she seems like she could brew kombucha on her counter. I'm like, well, it seems like anybody can brew kombucha. It's very so true. So we did that for like nine months. Um, it literally in my basement, and we used little jars, and then we were using buckets, and then we were using like <laughs> it was taking over my basement. Now we're trying to figure it out, and there is an actual science behind it. And if you want to get true kombucha, we don't pasteurize it, and so oh, okay. it's all living and active and probiotic and yeast and bacteria and all that stuff so you have to actually figure out how to do it um outside of your basement so that's kind of we took nine months to really understand the brewing process and looking back we didn't really understand it (laughs) 
And then um, I wanted to create syrups that were in line with like a pop palette. So right, okay. Low sugar, pop taste. So then I did cola, root beer, and ginger. So ginger ale. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we did, uh, I think we do ginger very well. You're drinking one right now. I love, the ginger is my favorite. Morning, so that's good. But the root beer one, I'm like, it tastes so perfectly like root beer. I'm like, this is the best. Yeah, which is amazing because I love like root beer floats and things like that. And when I tried the root beer one, I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. Can I still put ice cream in this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't, I, but maybe that'll be my I next experiment. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and so you're trying to create these flavors, mm-hmm. and they're typically high sugar. Mm-hmm. And then the one issue that I was having, because kombucha has to be, I believe, perfectly balanced between right. tart, tangy, sweet. Yeah. And yeah. so. Anyone in the wrong direction makes for a bad experience. Yeah, if it's too vinegary, too <laughs> yeah. acidic. And I would rather have too much vinegar because then I know I drink kombucha for what it does for me. Right. Um, and, you, and so coming up with these flavors, when you put them into, like we handcraft them ourselves, I do it like a more of a steeping process. So then oh, okay. after I steep, I strain and then add them to the... Uh, the second fermentation where the carbonation happens. So that's when we bottle and that's naturally carbonated. So then the issue is when you have uh, a syrup with a certain amount of sugar, when you enter it into the fermenting process, it actually eats the sugar. So then you're trying to get this balancing act of sugar being withdrawn, but you only find out a week later that it didn't work. So I have nine months of my family members and closest friends <laughs> coming to my dining room table going, okay, I think this is it. <laughs> and everybody by the like the third month is like, I actually have to pay them now. I have to keep them. <laughs> and they're taking these like, sips of kombucha. And I'm like, so eager. Did it work? And they're like, Plah. no, it's horrible. <laughs> so that took like nine months of a balancing act. Right, okay. Learning to balance. Right. And so um, getting beyond that. that. So that's kind of why we chose Kombucha. Was okay. really just to have a product instead of a service or whatever. So right. that's kind of where we came up with a product that we all had value for. Right. Um, because we all kind of like Kombucha. And, and back then, like even three years ago, even four years ago, like it was not in grocery stores. That's true. Like, it was very you hard to find. Finding kombucha. Yeah, uh, you could find GTS. Oh yeah, they were like the big ones for a while. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't like the you couldn't go to the grocery store and buy kombucha until no. like maybe three years ago. Yeah, maybe it's four years ago. It's three years ago. Two yeah. years. It's been a lot more mainstream. Yeah, and like now there's more selection too. And like now I'm like, oh, I actually have to think about now which yeah, options yeah, I have. Now, yeah. <laughs> now you think about it. Like we were we're in uh, independent grocery just down the road. Yes, I saw and, that on Instagram. Yeah, so <laughs> we've been there for uh, just over a month, and and uh, it's intimidating when you go to the cooler. There's like six other guys in there, and they're local guys too. There's some local guys. Yeah. And they got the GTs and the Rise from Montreal. And, yeah, and some of the big ones, and so it's funny when you're. You're like, oh, I got my little bottle next to this this big manufacturer. So. But yours looks so different from everything else on the market, though, which is, like, in terms of, like, branding. We were chatting before the podcast started, but, like, the branding really differentiates you guys on the shelf, mm-hmm. which I think is so good, uh, especially since you guys are so different as an organization because you are a social enterprise mm-hmm. and you have 
that social impact model, mm -hmm. which I think is really cool. And I, that's what was important going to branding. Mm -hmm. um, and then being able to get branded by like genius creative people. Oh, so yeah. We got branded by Godspeed. Yep. Um, and Thomas was running the show, and he's so creative. <laughs> so they come up with the concept after digging and ripping everything out of our brains of <laughs> why we want to do this. Yeah. Um, and then they make it English and make it make sense even to us. <laughs> and so then when I came to the unveiling of the bottle, like my picture was on it. And I'm like, dude, no. Not having my picture. Really? Oh, You're against it? I'm not. I don't want to be like that milk cart <laughs> kid. Oh my Did goodness! I that? Like back in my day, it was like it was a thing. I remember this. Yeah. It was like lot. Like that was Amber Alert. You're yeah. Milk. You're like, oh crap! There's a kid missing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, why did they use milk cart? Well, because it was part of the school programs. I remember no. we would have to like fill out the sheets, and you got your your uh, you know like regular milk or your chocolate milk, milk yeah, or yeah. the different sizes. See, they didn't have that when I went to school. Okay. <laughs> I think milk expires after a week, so then they just put anyway. I don't know. I don't know. And so I didn't want to be that kid on the on the bottle. But they they had done a project earlier uh, the the year before, and it was a short documentary movie okay. on my on my recovery and addiction and, and that kind of oh, stuff. So very cool. their whole concept is faces tell the story and that's Absolutely. what they figured out that you're not a kombucha company, you're a story company. You're 100%. That's your social impact of sharing story, being vulnerable and busting down, exploding shame in others. Because right, if yeah. you're able to share your story, mm -hmm. so then it helps other people. And so that's kind of the breaking the stigma around it is being able to share our stories and being vulnerable and transparent and, and a lot of people live in shame and their false identity. So that's kind of where the faces came from. Okay. And we really want to have an impact in the guy that's struggling with addiction, the girl that could be on the streets or in uh, an, uh, an addictive uh, relationship. And then the other one has the kids on it representing the kids that are caught in um, all of this stuff in between. So we want to be a support for those, uh, for all of those people. And it's like, we're not, we never think of those people because we are those people. We, right. We're them people. Yeah. And so we're, <laughs> the social impact is really wanting to support people and addiction and mental health causes isolation. And, and oh, yeah. so many lives are being lost because of it. So if we can, um, have a bottle with our face on it or yeah. with a face on it then we want to connect with somebody's heart and so we really want to break that stigma and just be a community of people that uh, other people can reach out to because we're yeah. talking about our problems and so even if no one's even if that person that's isolated has never talked about their problem when you hear somebody talking about their problem it makes it a lot more bearable and so they're a lot more easy to come out and talk about it and be a part of something. Well, and they're more approachable too. And I saw, I, I, there's different people on each bottle for each flavor, right? Mm -hmm. And so does like, as part of the social impact, does some of the funding go to specific groups? Uh, yeah. So yeah. that was one of our points of contact is um, just helping people. So like helping awareness, but then... Um, sales from a partial sales from every bottle goes into a fund okay. and then at the end of the year we decide to, where to give it so that's been a new project like oh cool we're okay only, we're only in our second year right okay 
Um, so we've been associated with uh, a treatment center in Ottawa, okay. and so we've been raising money for that. And so Amazing. we'll do projects with them a little bit and do little projects in the city and, and that kind of stuff and within our own charity. Right. And so the name of your charity is? The Union City Church is our charity. So we have a charitable status, and then this is a social enterprise underneath that. Right. And do you still have the Ashes to Rubies as well? Yeah, we do that. Okay. We have, uh, (laughs) that's been a cool project. We started that, we're actually starting um, uh, Saturday the 25th of January. Oh, okay. We meet once a month, and the whole point is to share art. Oh, and cool. so the point of your art would be to inspire others. So oh. uh, we do a lot of spoken word, hip-hop, singer-songwriter, poetry, and then we always share three stories. So oh. ten minute, three ten-minute stories. And so the whole point of that is just to give hope a platform. And so it's a place where people can share a story. A lot of artists don't really have a place to share, especially when it comes to vulnerability and... Um, their faith or their journey of addiction or whatever they it's it's hard to get a public platform to share that kind of art I found right and so um, we've created a space for that to be possible right so okay. that's one thing that we do yeah well, I love I love that though I, I was I was I was creeping <laughs> I was looking at some of the words I'm like oh I love yeah, these things they're so fun <laughs> yeah so yeah we do, we meet now it's Saturday for the last three years it's been on a Thursday but now it's okay. Saturday night okay cool in the old Ottawa so oh so, nice okay January the 25th Saturday at seven o'clock very cool kombucha coffee and pizza that sounds like a great night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throw your hair back. Yeah, hang out. Oh, that's yeah. fun. And, and it's like, we don't, it's not always success stories. It's vulnerable stories. So it's like maybe somebody that's a year sober or somebody that's been battling cancer or food addiction or, or, yeah. or, or, you know, right. child loss or whatever it is. Right. And so we can inspire a myriad of people just by being vulnerable with our, where we're really at. So, and, and addictions are a big thing, I find. Now, I think now is the time when people are speaking out about them more and we're mm-hmm. learning more and we're getting more stats, especially with like the opioid crisis and, and things like that, which I think really put a spotlight on what's going on. I don't know. How do, how do you find that, that those news stories have been affecting the, the work that you do? It validates what we're doing in a, in a really bad way. But... Um, it just happens to be where I've come from. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm looking for the next trendy thing to be a part of and no. get involved in. It just happens that I'm an ex-crackhead and I got sober and to continue my sobriety. Because to me, that's the goal. Um, anybody really? can get sober, but very few of us can stay sober. So for right. me, staying sober is to be a part of a bigger community and help spread the message and work with others and, and pass on the message that I was given. So that's kind of um, the the blowout since 2016 was uh, the opioid crisis started. Like mm-hmm. it was like, I think there was 2,500 reported opioid deaths. Yeah, something insane. 2017 it doubled. And so that's Which, a big deal. That's 5,000 people. Yeah. And I think it's creeping, like there's stats that, that would say, contrary but i believe that it's up at eight to ten thousand which is insane to me that's so many preventable those are war numbers yeah like those are absolutely war numbers at the yeah. ten thousand 
that's a year mark. That's yeah. a, that's a big deal. Yeah. And so, if you, yeah. Go. No, no, go, go. No, you go. You're driving this car. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just it's crazy to me because like a lot of these are so preventable. And I find, I don't know if it's like technology or just because we're becoming so isolated, like you mentioned earlier, we have almost a loneliness epidemic at the same time with driving so many social issues like addiction, mental health issues, you know, and I find just like overall well-being, just general attitude has taken such a weird turn. Uh, and, I, and I wonder what we could do or maybe how we should be talking about it then because I know, you know. It is getting more airtime, um, right, in the news, especially when there's been so mm. many deaths. But for, like, someone who's, you know, just like an average Joe, what kind of conversations should we be having in our friend groups about, mm. like, addictions? Well, that's what, like, part of our uh, social impact is actually communicating with uh, workspaces and putting right. on lunch and learns and workshops. And I want to, like, make it more normalized that we can talk about odd behavior that you might have. I know that just even talking about stuff, people would, like, stuff will come up. Like, okay, why do I just drink on Saturday? Like, I used to only have a beer here and there, and now I'm having, like, Saturday and Sunday. And then why am I hiding alcohol? Like, right. you know, people have serious questions. Like, just, like, why is that happening? Or yeah. why did, when I, I, I'm waking up and I feel shaky? Yeah. Like, what is that? Is that just being hungover or... Like, even just opening up the conversation. But then being able to communicate to the level that people would be at. So when 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 I learned about addiction and through my own recovery, uh, what blew my mind was that they said that drugs and alcohol were never my problem. Oh, like, okay. Why am I here? Like, <laughs> why why is they trying to take my life? Like, it's a problem. Like, yeah. no one wants to be hungover and shaking and lose a job and, and no. get a criminal record and, and miss their kid's birthday. And, no. and, and, and I'm like, this is a serious problem. Don't yeah. tell me this isn't a problem. This is, uh, there's no kidding around. I have a problem. Yeah. And they're like, that's not your problem. What was the problem? Like, the problem is me. What? And okay. so drugs and alcohol were my solution. To the problem. To my problem. Ah. And so I think that we can normalize that and just say, like, maybe we all have a problem. And you might not go to crack cocaine, but what are you going to? Is it your laptop? Is it unhealthy? Is it isolation? Is it yeah. cutting yourself, eating problems? Yeah. Um, whatever it is. Um, what are you consumed by? What do you give your heart and your time and your money to? And, and looking for hope and validation from. And so I think as young people, everybody could relate to that. Like, what am I getting my life from? Like, what am I giving mm -hmm. to get life out of? And so whether you're smoking crack or spending 10 hours a day on computers and gaming and, and whatever, I think the point is isolation. Um, where that takes us is anxiety, depression, mm -hmm. uh, loneliness, all these things, and you're lacking productivity and purpose in your life. And so then how do we have a life built on purpose? How do we have a life built on meaning? And um, I think the younger generation is starting to be attuned to that a lot more. Right. And I, I don't know if it's a swear word, but millennials. I, don't know <laughs> I won't be offended. I, I fall in that bracket. That <laughs> oh, man. My... Uh, <laughs> My wife filled out this form, and 
I'm like, she started laughing because I fit in a different category. Oh, like really? 45 to like 65. And she was like, ah, oh, you're old. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what that's called, but it hurts. Oh, a Gen, Gen X? No. I'm a Gen, Gen Xer. Yeah, yeah, well, Gen Xer, yeah. I'm very millennial in my Gen Xing. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's like a, it's almost like a hybrid in between like the boomers and the millennials. I think I was listening, I was an article <laughs> and they were like saying like the Gen Xers have it all. Like we're the ones that are lucky yeah. because the, the old people, well, they're old. And <laughs> <laughs> there's like, they've like worked all their lives for whatever. Yeah. And then you got the young kids that are all entitled and saying life isn't fair. And then there's us that actually trained ourselves on computers and we're, yeah. we've done something and we've all made, like, not me, but a lot of us have made money and paid off our houses by the time we're 50 years old. And yeah, we're like, oh, so right, jealous. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> now, we did it. Um, but I, I find that I relate a lot to the younger generation, right. um, whether I'm treating myself or not. <laughs> I don't really know whether I'm in denial of it, but I brew kombucha, so there. It so. keeps you young at heart. And I, I, lo- I, I find that they're receptive to that message of yeah. like meaning and purpose. Oh, um, definitely. Because a lot of a lot of you have been told you can do whatever you want. Well, to our detriment as well. To the de- yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because you're looking for the perfect thing for you to do. Yeah. For me, I just had to get a job. Yeah. I just had to work, and then and then and then and then. Yeah, it was a very linear path, and I feel like a lot of people today, like people I went to school with, it was like, oh, you know, like I need to choose like the perfect thing to do, find the perfect career, yeah. and like and get educated for it. Yeah, yeah, spend all this money. And then five years in, you're like, that sucks. Like that doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't even, it's not even valid. Yeah. And I don't even like it, and they're like, oh, and then then I feel like people get depressed because they haven't found their passion in life, and like they're not working remotely on a beach in Bali doing whatever. They're not living that like Instagram yeah, like, influencer yeah, yeah. lifestyle, uh, which I know has been quite popular. Um, but uh, yeah, and I feel like that's such a crazy standard to live mm-hmm. up to, and I think we're addicted to that image. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is a whole different form. A different type of addiction, I guess you could say. You know, trying to live up, like keep up with the Joneses. Mm. It's just a very different. And that, I think Joneses. that is the millennial thought of like, what is the point? Yeah. And if that's the point, then how do I get to it? Like, and it's a false point. Like, yeah. There's very few people that I know that actually do that. Yeah. That sit on the beach in Bali and like make a million dollars. Yeah, that's and insane. It's to like, me. <laughs> there's, but Instagram has said that is possible. Oh, and yeah. And show you a hundred times over. And by the time you're 23, you'll have to figure out what degree you have to get to get to that so that your life has meaning and you're valid. Yeah. And, but it's not reality. No. And so there's 18-year-old no, and 19-year-old kids that are suffering with anxiety in the masses. Absolutely. Well, um, that's an impossible standard to compare yourself to at such a young age. And I, then I feel like, to go back to your earlier point, you then go to... You know, binge drinking and all these things and like partying and whatnot to compensate for that because you think that's what's going to help get you there mm-hmm. and to cope with getting there with the pressures that are going on and i think it's that, that, that the value is instilled be be happy at any cost yeah and i think that's the millennial lie is like i have to be happy and then yeah. suffering and me showing vulnerability on instagram isn't cool because it doesn't get any likes and people are like rolling their eyes and going oh my god the poor guy yeah yourself and so suffering is a source of shame and this perfect picture is what i need to be 
and I need yeah. to be happy. Which is just, in, I can't imagine a world where everyone is happy all the time. That feels so <laughs> dystopian to me. I'm like, that's not a thing. <laughs> it, it doesn't work. And like, I think we should be happy, and mm. I think that life can be rewarding. For sure. But then let's redefine what that means. And yeah. so, like, that's where our message comes in of purpose. Yeah. And so, like, what's the point? Yeah. And so, I, like, I don't like to do things if there's no point to them. Like, what is the point? Oh, like, where is this? So story? happy to hear what that. Are we here? What the F are we drinking kombucha for? <laughs> it's good for us. <laughs> um... Yeah, I think that's the message is like, what is the point? Yeah. And so why are you doing that? What's the, and, and, and when you start business, you really need to know what the point is. And you really yeah. need to know what your brand is and why you're doing a certain thing. And then you really need to ask yourself, like, how do I be successful? And mm -hmm. if you're going to be successful, I don't care what business it is, you're going to cry. Oh, 100%. You're going to get your yep. arm twisted, your face slapped and embarrassed in front of people. And yep. if you're not okay with failure, then you're going to be stuck in mommy's basement being yep. a millennial that's still trying to find <laughs> happiness, but is too scared to come out of the basement yeah. or trying to... Anyway. Yeah. So I think that's the message of let's be okay to fail. And, yeah. And if you look at like anything like in MMA, like... You have to oh, train yeah. and work your ass off every day to compete. And oh, the so, dedication is insane. Yeah. And and you're going to lose. Yeah. And you got to be okay with that. In a very public way, too. <laughs> yeah, in, public. in a you very public way. Day, but, <laughs> but, and I think that's the risk. And I, I think that one of the issues that we have as a Gen X community um, because there's a lot of us, and our city revolves, our city is a very corporate city. I believe yes, yeah. that we're the number one city financially um, mm -hmm. per capita. I think we're coming in at 92000 a year. Oh, wow. Household income. So it's very high. It's higher than any city in Canada. Right. But we do that professionally and we do that corporately. Yes. And so yes. we are lacking uh, entrepreneurial spirit because. If you take your seventy to one hundred twenty thousand dollars salary that a lot of people make in the government, mm -hmm. and then you have a marriage of two people doing that, it's very hard to be entrepreneurial because you're making your hundred and fifty grand between you. Yeah, and that's the norm. Yeah, and so then how do you be entrepreneurial? How do you have more of a purpose? And and so I think the Gen X people. Um, what was my, where's my train of thought? I remember going into like an environment in a, in a corporate setting and I'm more used to the younger people. Right. This corporate setting was all Gen Xers. So they're right. all like in their fifties. They all have kids. All the kids have like their, their conversation around the, the water cooler is literally their kids and yeah. the pot smoking. And <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. The sports <laughs> that they're in. And, um, they've set this precedent of uh, making a certain amount of money, but then like, what's the real purpose in it? And then the, the millennials are like, all I need is purpose. And yeah. so how do you have this happy medium in the middle of it? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think wherever you go, you can talk about purpose. I think like drugs and alcohol is just your solution. Um, that's what I was told. And so then what is the point and what's the purpose? And so the community that I got, um, recovered in they at the end of it they just say like 
help other people know to pass on the message. Yeah. What was freely given to you now, you help somebody else and do that. Which is nice to pay it forward. Yeah. Really. And like and I feel like going back to one of your early points, like sharing those stories, I think caring is cool. I think it's so nice and refreshing to see someone who doesn't put up that like stone wall and like actually can when appropriately, you know, like share those stories and like share what they're going through. Because mm-hmm. we really have no idea what everybody else has going on in the background, especially since we all put up these facades. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's always really nice to see. Caring is cool. It is so cool. Yeah, we could hashtag that <laughs> if you want to. If you want to be super millennial. Caring is cool. Take that. <laughs> I just think apathy. I'm like, I just why. Why are, why is that the thing that we do these days? Like, it's just, my heart goes out to some of these people, like these stories that you see in the news and like what people go through and the resiliency of like bouncing back from, you know, from nothing to, you know, being like healthy and happy and like feeling good. Like that is so lovely to hear because it doesn't always end that way, yeah, which is always really like sad, sad to hear about. So what can you know, regular folks do then on a daily basis to start sort of booching the gap as you, as that's your slogan. Um, So how can, how can people start doing that in sort of their daily activities? I think, yeah, we talked about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that one of the biggest ways to combat addiction, um, because of the isolation factor, it would be connection. Right. And so I think anybody can be intentional about connecting with people. Mm. Um, I know, like, I took the bus a little while ago with my wife a lot, but I did take the bus. I do have a bus pass, the presso card. I haven't taken the train yet. I I've took heard, it for the first time the other week. I've heard <laughs> things about it. Um, my wife doesn't work anymore, so uh, we were, I was like, we got to do it. Like a vacation, like a trip, like outings, and so we're gonna go take a train train trip, but we haven't done that yet. So I was taking, I took the bus last year, and uh, what I realized that everybody's got their headphones in. Yes. And there's little weird things like you can talk on your phone in front of everybody, and I'm like, that's so creepy to me. I still don't get it. Music, stop <laughs> talking, like stop face. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't get it. I'm like, but why? I'm like, you're not even looking at each other in the screen. Like, why is the FaceTime up? Oh I don't get God. it. I was so annoyed at that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just interesting to see the culture. And and I think like maybe one thing that we can all do is be more intentional on about yeah. making connection. And then even in our own lives, I know for me that it's easier to not to. I'm uh, I'm an introvert. Like I'm an extroverted introvert. Yes. Okay. But I'm, by that, I mean that I recharge alone, but I yes. recharge maybe with one or two people going to a coffee shop and just sitting there and typing on my laptop or doing something is very recharging to me. Yeah. But put me in a room full of 15 people at a little gathering, I'm like <laughs> so anxious. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, it's draining. Where it's my fair. wife is like the... the the social the, butterfly? Yeah, the social fairy. <laughs> Um, but I think we can all be more intentional on just building your own community and, and, and really understanding that a lot of the people, um, I guess it would be empathy, but really understanding that a lot of the people that you could be friends with that struggle with anxiety, struggle with addiction, struggle with um, whatever, 
and it causes shame and isolation. So how do you even talk about it? How do you normal? How do you make it okay to be able to talk about without being like, I can talk about it from um, my recovery platform, but I would never want to condemn um, somebody's drinking or I would never say that drinking isn't bad. Like drink for you. Drinking could be great. Yeah. Um, For me, I, it didn't work out that well for me. Right. And so when I drink, I can't stop drinking. And it leads to other stuff. And two yeah. days later, I'm like, okay, so it's not a good yeah. lifestyle for me to, to do. And so I think for anybody is really just having empathy, understanding that other people in your community would probably suffer with it. Yeah. Um, and then not condemning it. And so I think language is important about being able to be transparent, but then not being condemning by it. Um, but just asking questions. I think people, I think behind every person, they want to be known. Yeah, and so absolutely. just asking questions, not to like be a detective, but just no. <laughs> asking like, what do you think about drinking? Or how much do you drink? Or like, just knowing people. Yeah, we're just mentioning, like a friend of mine once, we like, we're going to go meet up for coffee. And I said, just I'm like, oh, if you want to go for a coffee or a cocktail, I was like, you know what? Actually, I'm feeling a little boozed out like I after the holiday. So I was like, oh. Boozed out. Yeah. <laughs> well, not like a bad way, but just like, like I've had yeah. enough drinks over the holidays. I'm like, you know, that's actually a good point. You know, with all the social gatherings and, you know, wine at dinner and whatnot. You know, I was like, oh, that's actually, that's a good point you're making like maybe I shouldn't always offer that as an option or maybe I should continue to offer like you know like coffee or a cocktail mm-hmm. so that you know whoever I'm meeting with whether it's for you know like a friend or a business meeting or whatever doesn't feel like they have to choose yeah, yeah, yeah. like one or the other um who is it also I wonder if that's becoming more common I think um, so with the younger people maybe more professional because I maybe. think you guys are, like I think a lot of people are about waste um what's that called like the like they're very concerned about the resources it takes to make something and then the yeah. purpose behind it so like jeans how yeah i didn't know like how many hundreds of liters of water it takes to make so much <laughs> like what i thought they just sewed the crap but you know like i just buy them it's fine yeah, i was like whoa <laughs> but i think i think the younger generation especially is like well why would i support that and yeah then, like, yeah with alcohol it's these big brewing companies that are big corporate companies. And then what does it actually do to you? Yeah. Um, you're actually putting poison in you. Yes. And you're actually yeah. giving all your money to some big corporate guy that yeah. tells you since you were five years old what to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Just drink by drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get on the Coors train. Oh, God, that stuff. Well, in between your cartoons. But yeah. it's even making like... Like, my boyfriend and I, we've started drinking more natural wines. Okay. So, like, no sulfites added. It's very, like, it's, it's organic for sure, but, like, biodynamic. But they don't add anything, no sulfites, all this thing. So, you know, we've started making very conscious choices about if we are going to consume, because he doesn't really drink much mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and I'm not usually a big wine drinker, but, you know, when we do, we've been trying to, you know, we went to this beautiful bar in uh, Montreal, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alma, I think. Um, and they're like a natural wine type Mediterranean restaurant. Okay. Uh, beautiful little spot in Outremont. But uh, yeah, it was all natural wines and they just, they tasted kind of like juice. And we're like, oh, this like doesn't have the same taste. So, mm. you know, we've been experimenting more with that because we don't like uh, yeah, the yeah, one so yeah. much. Um, but, you know, just like even, you know, the environmental impact of that wine is better to us if we are going to consume mm-hmm. anything. We'd rather it be at least good yeah, yeah. for the oh, farmers cool. and things. Yeah. I think that's that's a 
a movement that's coming in. Yeah. Where it's like, why am I doing this? Yeah. What's the point of it? Who's getting my money? I'd, I'd, I would rather give it to somebody like doing something natural. Like it's yeah. non-commercial, really. Yeah. And small um, batch, like lower like environmental impact is, mm-hmm. is also a very, very trendy thing. But also like the social impact to you. Like, you're, am I doing something good with this? Mm-hmm. With what I'm doing? Like, yeah. And I think that's a big deal. Like what brand am I doing? Uh, why am I doing it? I think the, the there's a movement of people like that. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, and you're saying what can the normal person? Yeah. In quotation. <laughs> um, whatever normal. Yeah, whatever normal. Whatever your normal is, people. And um, but I think there's still the the mass of people, especially when it comes to dudes, and it's mm-hmm. like trades guys. Right. And there's a source of shame if you don't go and have a beer with the boys. And After it's like, the shift, you're not yeah. A man. You're, yeah. Like why? Like you're yeah. you're snubbing us. You're you don't respect us, and you yeah. don't drink like us, be like us. And so I think there's still that culture, probably right. way more than what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, so I think there is. I think you, you mm-hmm. as a normal person, yeah. I think we can <laughs> like what you're saying is introducing language. Of, uh-huh. I'm boozed out. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm done. I'm bursting <laughs> Like, I'm just getting going on my third day. But I think that's good language to mm-hmm. actually just introduce and go, yeah. like, yeah, I don't like getting hammered. I don't like waking no. up hungover. No. I, don't, I would rather, if we're going to drink wine, pay for this bottle that's probably twice as expensive, but it's it's come from this, and this is the purpose of it. Yeah. And so I think that's what I wanted to have as a product, is, like, what's the point of drinking kombucha. Um, mm-hmm. So part of it is gut health and part yeah. of it is to be healthy. Part of it is lowering sugar and having good gut um, health. Um, but then like how, as a brand, how do we stand out? And so then we have a social impact as well. So that's kind of, I guess we came full circle. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So where can, so for people, so we're, we're wrapping up, but like where can people find you in the city? Uh, uh, like, like me personally, like where's Waldo? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not gonna have people going to oh, where's Waldo. Like wearing black shirt, black top. It says Carlington on it. <laughs> no, it's stores, stores. It's stores. So retail, like we've been um, as a business model, we we're focused on social impact. Yep. So we've looked at that a lot more closely, and it's a little more costly. Um, and then the retail end of things, we have to grow in a in a slow, more controlled way. Yep. So we're at the farmers markets. Okay. Um, for the last two years, and so then this year we've been getting into a little bit more of the retail space, the cafe space. So cool, just okay. on Bank Street, like we're on Bank Street, yep. kind of ish. Um, I would, we're at Independent Grocer on Somerset, Colombo Cafe, oh, cool. I believe, uh, Arlington Five. Oh, awesome! And they went dry this year. They're they're going they're going they're going dry. Yeah. They are dry. Yeah. They have been dry. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get dry. And then Oko Kitchen downtown. Oh, awesome! Okay. So it's just locally around here, and then some. Yeah, yeah. Some other places on the outside, but like our goal would be to get into the retail space. Um, like the farm boys share. and like those yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I guess when the time is right. <laughs> We gotta hire more people. Yeah, so that's that's part of our social impact is hiring and having volunteer opportunities for guys and girls to continue their sobriety and just building awesome. our own community and building our own connections and being a resource to each other. 
Um, but then the other social impact is actually going into the corporate world and just sharing our message and sharing about addiction and about mental health issues and doing a little lunch and learns and that kind of stuff. So you can find me in the corporate settings in my hoodie. <laughs> Um, or you can find us, uh, our, our, you, you can order it through Facebook as well. Oh, awesome. So okay. if you head up Facebook or the IG, okay. what does IG stand for? Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter. Do you have Twitter? I don't. I know. You don't. Have I, no. I can't. Like, who needs it? Like, I no can't. One needs it, except I can't. if you want to see a little bit of news from the Americans. I, I'm so tapped out of American news. I can't handle it anymore. It's, it's just like so being sad. Over boozy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. being tapped out. Yeah. Just media. completely I'm tapped out. Over media. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I think we're on Twitter. But if you get us up on those platforms, okay. and then we do have a brewery in the Carlington area, so that's Kirkwood and Carlington. Oh, awesome. Okay. And we do do pickups, and we do do deliveries. And, and so if anybody wants to connect as a corporate uh, kombucha partner, then uh, hit us up on social media, and we can bring a bar fridge uh, into your workspace, and then offer a couple of workshops a year, and partner with you in that way. And then um, if you're uh, a retailer... Hit us up, and if you want to be a consumer, <laughs> hit us up. At all. Yeah, getting those DMs. Yeah, yeah DMs. <laughs> Amazing. DMs, direct messages. Yes. Instant. Yeah, DMs, DMs for direct message. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's like in quite a few rap lyrics. <laughs> that's, where, that's where I know it from. Uh, well, thank you so much, John, for coming on the show. Thanks everyone for listening. If you know someone we should have on the show or if there are topics you want us to cover, send us a DM, send us an email. You know the drill. Stay tuned for our next episode.